Hello and welcome to Volley MD with your hosts, Mark and Drew. Hey guys, how's it going? Well, Drew, uh, you know, we wrapped up the season in district and first off, I just want to congratulate you guys. 14 and 0. Yeah, it's been uh it's been a, a really really fun year. Uh we uh are just super excited for playoffs coming up and unfortunately it's going to be on Halloween, but we've got a, a playoff game coming in on Tuesday. Uh it's going to be a pretty good team. Uh we know it. Um but I I haven't really talked about where I coach yet, so um, I'm over at McKinney Christian and I live in McKinney and so it's close to me. Uh, it's a great school. And this year, uh, we just got a great, well-rounded team and the girls are just really working hard. And, uh, you know, we, our goal was <clears throat> to win district. I mean, fortunately we got, we got uh, 14 and 0 in district. So, uh, we got a home, home game court for Tuesday and we're super excited. So, uh, how about you? Where are you guys at? You know, we're we're rocking and rolling like we talked about on the last pod. Um, we had a couple unfortunate losses um, against some really good teams. But, you know, I coach for Coram Deo uh, Academy. They're uh, based out in, in Plano. There are three locations, but I, I coach in the Collin County one. Uh, good little 3A school. You know, we've, we've got a lot of talent and, uh, you know, just because of those losses, we ended up getting third. So we've got to drive down to Lubbock on, on Halloween and try to do what we can, you know? So, um, I think with, with anything, you got to make sure the girls are well rested and, and positive with the drive like that. We're, we're going down to Lubbock. So, you know, we're based out in Plano. I live over in Frisco. And so it's about a five and a half hour drive. Uh, I understand you made that drive last year. How yeah, did go? we had to do that last year. So we had uh, Trinity Lubbock in our, and we still have them in our district, uh, but we dodged them this year, uh, at least early on there, but we had to drive out there and it's, yeah, it's like five, six hour drive. And then especially if you have to get off the bus, it's really, really hard to go over there and win and play in their gym. Um, and they're a good, they're a good program. Uh, the coach over there, I've been coaching against him for years, but man, it, it's exciting. I, I, I just love playoffs and like the energy, um, you get these big games where the gym's packed out. It's just, it's so much fun. And the girls are, the girls are pumped up for both of our programs. So we're excited and you know, all of that will be updated soon. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to go deep in the playoffs. Uh, we're really looking to try to make a state run this year and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's exciting times. Yeah. I mean, I think like we've talked about before in, in, uh, the differences between school and club, this environment, you got a lot more spectators, I feel like, yeah, especially, you know, you guys being at home, you guys had the advantage because you guys got first in the district. We are traveling, which means, you know, obviously we have less spectators and less support. So that environment's going to be a little different. Last year we ended up getting a uh, second. So we had a home court advantage and, and the environment was just a whole lot whole lot different i'm just like. gonna warn you ahead of time out there in lubbock they bring like deer heads and things like that <laughs> that to the, to the game i mean you've got kids wearing like horse costumes and all kinds of stuff so just be ready for that it's it gets a little weird out there it's fun but it gets a little weird uh but yeah it, it gets pretty crazy and wild with uh the, the gym just being packed out like that but that's the that's the really the big difference and the, I guess the culture when you get in there and play these big games, it's the kids have to deal a lot with, um, 
you know, the, the noise and the cheering and crowds getting in their head, which is actually one of our topics today. We're talking about mental toughness a little bit later, but that is one of the biggest differences in a club and school is you get a, you get those bigger crowds, which is, which is interesting. Well, that's a good topic. I think we'll, we'll be able to use that and take some of that into uh, the game on Tuesday, but for my topic first, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about something that, you know, I've been going through with a couple of players, my past players, uh, and it's about um, how to handle a situation where a coach is teaching the wrong thing or a kid feels like there's it's a bad coach or they have negative vibes. So uh, what do you, have you had any uh, issues or dealt with that in the past? So I think what you see a lot with um... – you know, the kids, they'll, they'll go, the players will go to their school team and they'll hear something different from a coach. And sometimes that, that may not be wrong. It may just be something different. And there's, um, let's just lay it out flat. I mean, there, in volleyball, there's so many different ways to do things. And a lot of them necessarily are wrong. But then there, there are truly, there are bad ways to coach too. And I think um, there is a difference there. I think a lot of times as club coaches or a school coach, because we, bo- we do both, they may go and hear something, hey, well, my coach said do it this way and, and don't, do it, don't do it that way, you know? And it's like, okay, well, is it necessarily wrong what you're doing or was it just different? Because there, I think there is a difference there. And, and, um, and as a player, finding out, okay, figuring out like what works for me and, and, and is that, can I apply that to my game and will that, will that work? Um, if it's, if it's a, a wrong or a bad way of coaching, it is a little bit harder to deal with. Right. Because we're, we're trying to fix a bad habit. Like, you know, maybe a coach is teaching like a a bad footwork or something, and then we got to go in there and and fix that footwork. And so, you know, I think, uh, it is, it is an issue you come across sometimes, but, um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think on that? Well, I just have a couple points, uh, to kind of highlight and, uh, help either the athlete or the the parent work through it with the athlete. So uh, yeah. situation I'm talking about, you know, uh, a kid was in school volleyball and sometimes in school volleyball, you don't get the best coaches. You don't get coaches that coach club or live, breathe and, yeah. and eat volleyball. And so they find an, a, a stat or something that makes sense to them and they just teach it. And that's the only thing yeah. they're teaching. So you, you get the speech teacher that this never coaches the sport, <laughs> the sport the is live or whatever, you yeah. know, or the soccer yeah. coach or something. Right. So, you know, we got a couple of brand new schools, um, you know, around the area. And so they're, they're in need of coaches, but one thing they're teaching is, uh, passing differently. So I've got two scenarios. Really one is this coach is teaching to connect the platform early. Right. Before the ball even gets to you, while you're moving, you're connected. Uh, I don't agree with that. But if it works for your program and it's it's proven, go for it. I don't I don't have any Mm -hmm. disagree. I will not teach it that way, because for me, uh, we want to move with our platform disconnected. But um, and then the other scenario would be, you know, there was a stat uh, published by a group and I can't remember the name of the group yet, but um, Passing off the left hip was st- statistically better than passing off the right hip or the center, right? And then there was another stat that I read uh, a little bit ago that passing in the midline was the best. Uh, passing off the left, second best. Passing off the right, it was a little significantly uh, less of a less of a great pass or something. So yeah, um, 
that being said, you know, they read these stats and they, they want to just stick to that specific, um, teaching. So how do you, how do you go about that? So I think, you know, one thing, if they're teaching it, I mean, you've got to try it, right? You, you don't know hundred percent that you're not going to do well at it. If you don't give it a try, you've got to branch out and do new things. Um, I think another way is to also ask the coach because I'm very open. I know you're very open about mm -hmm. why do you teach this and you know, what's the value? Um, right. You know, and if they're open to you trying it, but then ultimately if you pass better, how you normally pass, then, then go for it. Because I know there's a lot of athletes that are very athletic and they pass really well um, in certain ways. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's not even like we teach to hold. I know a girl yeah. a couple of years ago we had in our club, she would literally not hold, but she had the best platform and guess what? She passed amazing. So are you going to change that? What, what are your yeah. thoughts on some of that? Well, I'm, I'm going to go back to, yeah, what you said about the passing on your left hip. Cause that was actually, um, we had this issue with a girl on our club team last year, a 14s player said, my school coach only wants me to pass off my left. And I was like, okay, that absolutely does not make any kind of sense to me. I would consider that bad coaching because you are literally trying to force your player to move and pass a ball off their left hip when it's on their right side of the body. I mean, that in that situation, you're obviously going to, you know, move your platform over to the right and you're going to pass off your right side. As a player, you have to be uh, just super um, flexible with what you're doing on the court. Um, you've got to be able to um, do everything. I've always say, you know, pass off your right, pass off your left, pass center line, use your hands. I'm the more the versatile the player is, the better. And I like it all. I do. I think you to say you only pass with your hands or only pass center line or only pass off this hip is limiting, limiting that player to only focus on doing one thing where you've got to be fluid as a volleyball player and be able to move and pick up balls all over the court, going all different directions. And that's how I train my kids. Um, so, you know, I think there are those situations where, okay, yeah, you're going to have to pass on your left, but you're going to have to also pass an angle off your right as well. And you're also going to be able to use your hands and a player that can do more is a player that is going to be uh, more well-balanced and a stronger player in the end. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how I feel like, and that's why, how I would teach my kid. If they came to me and they said, Hey, my coach is only saying only do this. I would say, well, let's consider the way we're teaching it. And I want you to consider the way they're teaching it. And I need you to go figure out what's best, what works for you. Um, yeah. You know? And so I think, uh, so along those same lines, you know, we definitely are open. I, I feel like I'm an open coach. And if a player comes to me, we talked about this on the first pod, I will a hundred percent tell you exactly why I coach this. And if you don't agree sure. with it, show me, prove it, prove it that your, your way is better. And if, and I'll totally agree, you know, one scenario would be how you're connecting your platform, right? You know, some people like overlapped hands, knuckles, yeah. all that stuff. You know, I don't really care as long as that platform is strong and it's connected and you're making a solid pass, you pass yeah. however you want. I'm going to teach it a certain way, but I'm never going to force a player to go out of their comfort zone if it doesn't make sense. But I will enforce certain things that, uh, makes a lot of sense. And I feel like it's, it's helping the player and it's value. Sure. Yeah. I've got just a couple more points to make on this. And I think, you know, that's a really valid point there. Um, so a couple of things that I wrote down when we discussed this topic was as a coach. So for like, especially new coaches or more inexperienced coaches out there, 
um, have a philosophy for everything. Um, if, if you are not ready to explain to your players why you're coaching something, then they, they'll pick up on that really quick. They'll be like, why are we doing this? Or why are we doing that? And then if you don't know, and you're not ready to explain to them, Hey, this is why we're running this. This is why we're passing like that. Um, we kind of, uh, get stuck as coaches in a place where, um, you could be questioned very quickly by, <laughs> by, uh, others or, or, you know, parents, players, uh, other, other coaches, Hey, why are you doing this? You know? So I think, uh, one thing early on, for, it's great for coaches to learn and be assistants, you know, ask questions cause you need to develop your philosophy for everything. If you're going to be a head coach, you've got to know what you're teaching your girls, why you're teaching that and be able to explain it to them. And I think that's super important, um, for, co for coaching, um, players on the player side, players be coachable. You know, we've talked about this so many times, the player that's coachable, that's not as good by the end of the season, they will be better than the player that is not coachable. Um, and so when you're getting different information from different coaches, you know, I mentioned this earlier, you've got to, kind of figure out what works for me you know not every player plays the same way they're not all going to be like little robots that are going to do do it the same exact way right so you've got to be able to the each player's got to be able to kind of figure out oh they're teaching me this and this is really working for me i'm gonna i'm gonna put that into my game i'm gonna apply that right away and i think the the players that are the most most coachable uh will will always grow and be we will be better by the end of the season so, um, anyway, just a couple of points there that, um, I thought was really important to say, and I think, uh, it's been a pretty good topic. Yeah. Just, us. just to end the topic a, a little bit, <clears throat> just, uh, highlighting that, you know, communication is a two way street. Like I think Drew was saying, um, you need to be able to listen and, you know, in, internalize what they're saying. I think that's being coachable. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, as a coach, you also have to listen to the player and understand their their needs like you said the philosophy is great you have to find a way to explain it just by demanding and saying this is what how i want you to pass without fully being able to to show them why or, or tell them why i right. think that's probably a little bit wrong and you know i'm never going to be that that forceful of a coach to say this is how you have to do it regardless um but be adaptable and try it for me and then you know we'll we'll see the results and then from there you know i'd say the last scenario would be a too, too difficult coach where that's the only reason that's how they coach. And that's the only way they want you to do it from there. You might just need to say, Hey, this is an opportunity to, to grow and learn. Right. And from there, you just thank them for the feedback, be respectful, move on and endure because you have club season to look forward to. And you know, you, you, you get what you can out of school ball even though some of that might be the wrong yeah. teaching and then club volleyball is kind of where you get most of your, uh, most of your, well, success. and we know that coach, right? The, <laughs> the one that's, uh, that's only going to deal, only going to deal with this. This is the, my way or the highway. You know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do it this way, then just you're out. And yeah, I'll never advocate for being disrespectful. So yeah. make sure you're respectful to your coach and uh, understand that sometimes playing time is on the line. Sometimes the program you know, you know, we just have to outlast it. So, um, get what you can out of the season, have fun with it and understand that club is probably where you're going to get most of your, most of the benefit. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to, we're going to move on to the next topic we'd mentioned earlier. And this is, this one's going to go, um, probably down as 
probably a, a soup one of the most important uh, topics because um, players nowadays that we are experiencing um, troubles with this. It's it's a constant issue where we're constant focus as coaches. We're we're talking about mental toughness and how important that is to the game and the mental game is we even talk about like sometimes it's more important than the skill because our kids uh, our kids can you know go up and down and our performance is tremendously based on what's going on between the years right so uh, our next topic is going to be mental toughness and mental breakdowns and how that affects our teams on the court and our individuals and the way we coach them so uh, Mark you want to lead off any thoughts on that yeah, this is a topic that uh, over the last couple of years, I have taught my teams and tried to get them to internalize the feedback. Um, I've had some good success, and I think if you teach it, they're not going to get it right away. But the more you teach it, the more you uh, you know get it get it going in their heads. I think they'll find some value, you know, in certain situations and especially later on in life. But this is a good topic to have, you know, for adults too. I think, you know, yeah. we even have uh, opportunities of, you know, so mental toughness for me is building confidence. If you mm -hmm. don't have confidence, you're not going to strive in anything in your life. Mm -hmm. And to gain mental, mental toughness and confidence, um, I think it starts with positive talk, right? Yeah. Not letting those negative uh, thoughts into your head, uh, making sure that you're kind of rechanging, reframing the, the verbal cues that you're giving yourself and maybe making them positive will go a long way. Um, there's a phrase I like, you know, <laughs> I didn't buy into this until a couple years when I was actually getting into this topic, but fake it till you make it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think if yeah. you, if you really take that on how it is, it, you can change your outlook on a lot of things. If you fake it enough, you will be able to kind of realize the truth in it and, uh, over time understand the success. Yeah, I think it's a uh, basically another another way of saying, you know, keep pushing through. You know, you've got to grind through sometimes as a player. And um, I think one thing that you said earlier that was super important to me is I what I coach is um, big time is that self talk. Um, one thing that we you know we coaches we have to really try to get through to our players is you're putting thoughts in your head like the whole game and you can tell like you can look at kids and you can see on their face like are they okay or are they not and the kids that are not are are definitely they're showing those emotions on the court their faces they're hanging their heads their faces are down or they look mad or they may even, may even be crying uh, you know or trying to hold back tears and what they're telling themselves inside is what's causing that, right? So that self-talk, you know, when I make a mistake, what do I do? And this is what we teach our kids. You know, if you make a mistake, tell your show visibly show your teammates, say, Hey, that's my bad, my fault, but I got I got the next one. And that's what I tell my kids to say. You know, because when your teammates see you do that, they know, hey, she's okay, she's good, she's gonna, she's ready for the next ball. Um, the biggest thing that brings these kids down mentally is when they tell themselves, oh man, I suck. I can't get the, I can't get the hit over. Don't set me. You know, I'm, I'm done. Like, why am I even on the court? And all those thoughts go through these players heads, especially younger players that aren't as mentally developed. So you really have to focus on teaching that and telling them, Hey, constantly build yourself up, 
with the positive, like you said, that positive talk and you have to individually, you have to take care of yourself before you can help take care of your team, which is a whole nother, whole nother topic, right? If I'm a leader, I'm going to be, I'm going to be building my teammates up. I'm going to be encouraging. I'm going to be going and giving them high fives. And that builds up more, uh, positive, more, um, confidence. And then they're they're You're able to play better. Um, but that mental toughness, it starts with the individual inside and it has to be there for the strong, strong players will have it for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, <clears throat> you know, just a, a couple things on, um, confidence, you know, you know, some of the, some of the things that you've got to internalize is building the skill. Um, so I'll give you a scenario here and it's something that I've dealt with, with players that I've talked about this topic with, and let's say serving. You know, right. You have a misserve. What are you talking to yourself about when you're on the serving line? Yeah. Um, and don't I, miss, don't miss, don't miss. miss. There you go. Yes. <laughs> and so, then what do they do? <laughs> they miss the serve. Uh, so yeah. I tell them, Hey, what, what can you say positively? I'm going to make my serve over. Yep. I am, mm -hmm. I will, all those things will go a long way. So, yeah. uh, I had a player that did that and she missed her serve. She's like, it didn't work. I was like, okay. Did you tell yourself? She's like, yes, I said I was going to make it. And then she's like, but I knew I was going to miss it. <laughs> so oh, man, I said, funny. well, was that positive or negative? She said negative. So she knew and you still, even though you talk to yourself positively, yeah. but you still have a negative thought. I mean, it's going to, it's not going to help you out. Yeah. I'm not saying you're going to make a hundred percent of your serves. If you tell yourself you're going to do it, but you're going to make more serves than you miss. I guarantee it. Yeah. It's like, it's a confidence thing, right? A hundred percent. And like the one thing I just, it just popped in my head is like, you know, you have those kids that they they either think they they can't do anything right, and then you have the kids that think they can't do anything wrong. Yep. <laughs> and then you have the kids that are all in between that. And I would rather have the kid that thinks they're freaking Rambo. They can go out there and take everybody on themselves. And hey, give me the ball, give me the ball, I want the ball. Than the kid that is scared to touch the ball. And I think it's a huge thing with mental mental toughness is if you think that you're gonna you're gonna do it and that you're you're going to have that big kill. You're going to have that big serve, that big dig, whatever it is. That is the right mental prep going on the court. And enduring that through even mistakes is what really makes a player mentally tough. So um, one thing I say to my kids all the time, it, coaches, tell your kids, want the next ball, want the next ball. And um, if they don't want it, you can visibly see it. And if I pull a kid out, I ask them all the time, well, did you want that ball? Did you really want to go get that ball? And a lot of times they'll think about that. Well, not really. I wasn't really ready for it. I didn't really transition. I didn't do the things I needed to do to help my team out. But that's all up top, right? They have to mentally be ready and prepped for going and doing their job on the court. So, yeah. So further to go into confidence, you know, positive talk is huge, right? Mm -hmm. And with that, it becomes more of a, an idea, how do you see yourself? Some mm -hmm. of these girls see themselves as not confident, uh, mm -hmm. self-conscious and, you know, as, as girl athletes, cause I have, I have two, two daughters and, you know, you deal with some of this stuff, um, on a daily basis, sometimes, you know, school, uh, you know, girls being <clears throat> a little catty sometimes, you know, how mm -hmm. that goes, but, you know, getting through that, seeing yourself as a confident person, making sure that you're not, you know, uh, internalizing bad thoughts in your, in your head. Mm -hmm. So that goes along with positive talk. But, uh, I think 
acting the way you see yourself. And that might be a fake it till you make it. Hey, I don't see myself as confident, but you know, if you see yourself as confident, act confident, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Be confident on the court, be confident in, in your daily life. And I think that that'll go a long way. I have a, an example to use of this and you're going to probably laugh because you'll remember, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about, but you used to have this player on your, one of your club teams. It was uh, tall, lefty, a uh, little lanky, uh, <laughs> uh, but was a great player. But I mean, you could just see all over their face and their body language when they made a mistake they did not like this girl would basically throw a fit on the court. And when players do that, you know, they completely say, Hey, I'm a target. Come, come get me. You know, I'm, I'm done basically because if the next ball comes to me, I, I guarantee it, it's not going to be good. Right. And then when that big player melts down, <clears throat> those meltdowns just kill your team. So it's, <clears throat> it's huge. Um, and, you know, I think those emotions, you know, one, one thing that one of my assistant coaches would say is like, Hey, poker face, poker face, you know, do, show, show them your poker face, not you, not what you're really feeling. And that's the fake it. So you make it right. Um, but I think also another great point, um, for us as coaches, cause I'm so guilty of this is we get so intense sometimes and we get, um, fired up and we are coaching the critical a lot. And I think that goes along with, some, with their mental game. And, um, there are times when we have to realize, Hey, I need to maybe be a little more positive and I need to, I need to really, um, try to build my team up right now because you can tell when your team's down. Right. And for coaches out there that, you know, just want to be the tough coach, you know, and, and always critical and, you know, that's, it's a balance, right? We have to really focus on being tough at times. And then other times we have to be the cheerleader. And I, as much as I don't like being that cheerleader sometimes, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, but it, it is important to really try to boost your kids up, especially this generational athlete. They need that positive. They need so much of it and you really have to do it. So any other thoughts, Mark? Well, yeah, just on that, on that player you mentioned, uh, she's actually one of my favorite lefties. I, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. she once, probably knows once who she you, is if once she you understood who yeah. she was as a player and, you know, maybe she didn't deal with the uh, situations as best she could, but they're all yeah. learning. And I think if you try and strive hard to, to better the situation, she definitely had some, some meltdown moments and she had some positive moments. She was very competitive and very fiery and, uh, I guarantee you we'll see her in college one day. She's Absolutely. a, she's a spunky kid, but yeah, she's, she's definitely had, you know, benefited from some of that mental toughness talk and maybe still working through it. Yeah. You know, another player that was on that same team that year, you know, had some of the same issues. And I think it's worth noting that as, as you're telling your players to build this uh, self-confidence with positive talk, you as a coach also have to give uh, positive feedback as well mm -hmm. as coaching opportunities. Uh, I've been, you know, you know, guilty of this sometimes where, you know, I overcoach maybe and it comes off negative. The kid yeah. always feels criticized. And I understood that early on in my coaching career, luckily. So I've been getting better at it, but my job is to coach. So I'm saying, Hey, like, let's, let's fix these things. The girls think of it as negative. So as yeah. a coach, you also got to really praise the positive, uh, outcome. I just said that to you. You did great. You did exactly what I said. Great job. Uh, and, and try to limit some of those coaching cues if it's, if yeah. it's repetitive. And so, you know, this player just needed that constant 
uh, positive feedback, which, you know, she needed some of that coaching too. And she just couldn't handle, uh, getting coached because it just felt like a criticism. So I think again, the two way street and communication, make sure you're open to the criticism. And, uh, again, as a coach, make sure you're delivering some of that positive feedback too. Yeah. Uh, I've got one more point to make, and this would be the, from the player side, player perspective, um, as a player, you know, if you're really showing a lot of, of negative emotions on the court, crying or, you know, visibly upset, I think players need to really be aware that, you know, if I'm if I'm showing that, I'm showing weakness, the team's going to see that. And from a coaching standpoint, if I'm, I know my player's getting to that point, you're coming out, you're coming out, you're coming off the court because I have to protect you from getting going down further and I have to pr- protect the team as well when I have somebody over here who's ready to go on the sideline. So players really need to really have to maintain control of those emotions if they want to be out on the court. Right. And I think that's a, it's a really important point to make from a player perspective is have control of that. So you don't have to come out. Yeah. And one final point, uh, you know, this was a quote I I read uh, as I was delving into some of this mental toughness talk. Repetition is the mother of skill. Um, praise is the father of skill. And I think, you know, that's just, it's valuable and it's, uh, you take that to heart, but build that skill, uh, and then, you know, try to get that praise where you can, especially from yourself. So that's really good. Did you get off, get that off Google? Google. Yeah. Google's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, we got to end this, uh, at this pod here. It was great talking to you again, Drew and, and, uh, you know, good luck, uh, in playoffs next week. Yep. We'll update you guys here soon. So looking forward to it. Thanks y'all. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye.